Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It's another podcast day. This is Rob here with you. Episode number 223 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you are new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and inspiring you, yes, you, to help you get through whatever is in your path that's stopping you from reaching your goals. So if that sounds like a plan, hang out for the entire show because we're going to have another great topic for you today. If you think it might not be for you, I challenge you to stay anyway because i got personality for days and as does my guest. And we will definitely entertain you for the next hour. And if you have no idea who I am or what this is all about, here's a quick intro for you. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. Right, and before I get to my guest, you know, we have to do the teachable moment of the day. So I had one plan, and then I was in the gym this morning, and one of my one of my gals was, I, I'm sure there's a name for it, I just don't know what the name is, but she was trying to run, like she jumped into a, to a flip and wanted to land on her feet. But before she landed, she kept putting her hands down. And so she comes over, she's like, I don't know what my problem is. Now, granted, I said something a little more brutal to her because, you know, the name of the show is Shut Up and Grind. But essentially, the PG version was, I said, because you don't believe in yourself enough. Like, that's why you're giving yourself the crutch because you don't believe that you can pull this off. And I said, so that's number one. And number two is you're afraid of the negative outcome. Okay, so the teachable moment of the day, it is very easy for us to look at the negatives of what can happen. But everything in your world will shift when you look at the positive what ifs. So like we'll use investing as an example, but what if I invest $1,000 and I lose it all? What if you invest in $1,000 and you 5X it? See what I'm saying? So it's all about the reframe. So I told her, I said, before you, before you get up there and you get ready to do this again, see yourself sticking the landing, right? It's all in your mind. Like the body responds to, to, what, to what you tell it to do. And then she's able to go in and boom, there it is, right? So it all starts up here. So think about those positive what ifs and then just watch the opportunities that you stumble upon, okay? That's today's Teachable Moment. All right, so today we're going to be talking about teaching. I'm sure we're going to cover education. We're going to talk about online tutoring and all kinds of good stuff in between with my guest, Joanne Kaminsky. Welcome. 
Thank you. So happy to be here. Good. Glad to have you. First and foremost, thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge and your expertise with us. So appreciate that. You bet. I'm, I, I, I can't wait to share um, my story with, with your guests. Awesome. And with my client base, I, I probably have about 40% teachers. So like I told wow. them, I told them to be on the lookout for this episode. Cause I know a bunch of, some of them do tutoring on the side mm-hmm. and, um, you know, cause especially with COVID classrooms have gotten a lot more complicated now. Yes. And so I hear all the stories in there and I've told them, but before I'm like, you guys, you have other options to where you can stay within your field without the headaches. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure we'll, we'll get, we'll get to all that, but you know, so yeah, you're de- definitely going to have a lot, lot of ears on this episode. So looking forward <laughs> to it. <laughs> all right. So first and foremost, where are you joining me from? I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I yeah. went there once. I went there once a couple of years ago. What part? <laughs> well, I'm close to Milwaukee, about 30 minutes away, and um, it's usually pretty darn cold around here. And even this time of year, we just had a snowstorm yesterday. Oh wow! Yeah, um, keep that over there, please. I <laughs> uh, will do. Okay, we'll I promise. I will not. I will not share that with you. Yeah, this week here, I'm in Rhode Island. It was. It's been pretty bipolar this week. So, mm-hmm. like, just a couple of days ago, it was in the teens, mm-hmm. and t- today we're right like high 50s right right now so with mm-hmm. that type, type of year here it comes and goes comes yep. and goes so same thing like, same be, thing here yeah it could be 60 today snow and sunday mm-hmm. so, same you take it when you get it right you take the good weather when you get it yes exactly so all right so let's get to know you a little bit better so how would you describe yourself let's start there so i started i was actually a classroom teacher that um loved and had a passion for teaching reading. So I have this passion for teaching reading, and I have later discovered that I have a mission for helping teachers and tutors be able to start their own tutoring business. Uh, A lot of people, when they describe me, they say that I'm extremely authentic and um, I have this caring personality where I truly want to be able to help people succeed um, regardless of my own position in that I really just want to see people be able to succeed. That's my that's my goal, um, and I get the most joy from that. Awesome. So, what does succeed mean to you? Succeed means kind of like you had mentioned in your promo video, being able to have that clarity of what it is that you want to achieve, and then being able to achieve that. And so, for the people that I work with, they want to have a full schedule of tutoring students, and so. That is my goal is to help them get to that point where they are fully booked to the point where they're like, oh, my gosh, my head is rattling because I have so many students. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I love that that answer, too, because too many times we look at other people's success or just like someone else's definition of success. But it's like, what do you want? Right. Like for someone like me, it's like, yes, I want to have like a global reach, but I don't want a team of 500 people. Right. You know, it's like that. That's just for me. Like I look at Tony Robbins, who has 80 businesses and he's got thousands of them. Like, I don't want that. Right. So it's like figuring out like what does success mean to you? And then now Mm -hmm. you can take the steps to go to go get that thing. Exactly. And I love that you said that, like, we don't all have that same path. When I first got started in tutoring everybody was telling me, oh, you need to build it so that you have tutors underneath you. And I was like, but I don't want to have tutors underneath me. And it's not because I think that I can do such a better job. I don't want to manage them. 
That's so true. Yeah, like I had a business coach a while ago for for my gym. And he's like, Robert, you know, to truly grow grow your business, he's like, he's like, you can't be working in the business. Like you gotta work on the business. So you're gonna want to get a team of people and you work on the on the marketing and this. I was like, I, I don't like any of that stuff. Right. I was like, I like being in the gym. Like when people climb the rope for the first time, I want to be there. When they do their first full push-up or their first unassisted pull-up, mm-hmm. like I don't want to be in an office somewhere. It's like I'm an athlete. I want to be where the athletes are. Right. <laughs> you know, I said so so your blueprint doesn't work for me. <laughs> you know? Right. And as and as beautiful as that sounds, right? Like have all these other people that are working for me, and then that brings in cash so that I have more free time to do all that. Like you said, like that not everybody wants that at the end of the day. Like I truly like working with my students what, cause I still work with reading, tutoring students as well. Working with my students gives me joy and I can't imagine my life without that. And just overseeing other people that are getting to experience that joy. (laughs) Yes. Like, cause he, he mentioned to me, he's like, I helped so-and-so he's got three locations now and he never has to set foot in any of them. Like that sounds awful. Right? I know. <laughs> you know. I was like, if that's what that person wants, God bless them. But the way I'm wired, like I like to be in the trenches with the people, helping mm-hmm. them along. Like, I was all right, you got you got 10 more feet in this bear crawl. Let's go. It, yeah. like, I tell I tell them that's right there, that's the moment that they pay me for. It's like mm-hmm. when they're struggling, they can be holding a wall set and they'll they'll come up before the clock rings. I'm like, uh-uh back down and they're like I held it this whole time and you look at me the second I stop I'm like that's what you pay me for right <laughs> you know but for that moment and I live for those moments yeah you know so it's like I'm and it's like I want to share that because because the teachers who are going to be listening to this just want them to see because like a lot of them feel guilty like oh well I don't know if I could leave leave my students like you're not leaving right. your students you're just finding a different way to connect with students. And not only that, I think for me, I fell in love with teaching again when I began tutoring because so mm. much of being in the school system was about the politics and the yep. all the different dynamics of people that you encounter and, and the egos that you almost need to fight through in order to get anywhere. And I was just kind of done with that and wanted to be able like I didn't see myself as being able to teach anymore when I left the school system and I actually tried like five other businesses that I failed at and then the idea came to me it like reunited me with my first love which is teaching kids reading and I'm like maybe I could do this online and then all of a sudden I started doing it and my love for teaching was reignited to a point that I had never experienced before. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, the politics of school, because like actual politics is starting to infiltrate to infiltrate the schools. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I, I see it in the, in the curriculums, like my old my mm-hmm. old high school is it's good. It's getting out, out of control. And it's like you probably reignited your love for it because you get to just do that. You don't have yeah. to worry about the other nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know, so, mm-hmm. I, so I think think that's something for teachers mo- moving forward. I mean, I kind of said it in my intro, too to where you can just do what you enjoy. You yes. know, like like with fitness, I used to have business partners and had noticed I said used to. And <laughs> they wanted like, oh, we should we should put in this program, we should put in that program and we should do this and do this. And I was like, no, like this is my lane. Like I want to mm-hmm. work with this group of people. Like right. I, I work with prim- 
with most mostly moms who are just looking to to recapture themselves, you know, after ha- having children. Like a lot of them are former athletes, mm-hmm. and it's uh, being an athlete myself is like I can connect with them. Like it doesn't matter that I'm a man and they're they're women. I can still connect with them. We have that common bond of wanting to get back those athletic roots. Yeah. And, that's just my people. Because with us guys, we're a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, like we we really are guys are a pain in the ass. We know everything. We got egos. We just try to outlift each other. But like the women yep, yep. come in laser focused. And like that's that's my people. Oh, I love that. You know, isn't it amazing when like people think that when I niche down, I am going to be letting go of so many opportunities of people I could work with. But instead, what happens is when you niche down, you get to do what you love doing every day. Yes. So I used this example with my son the other day because he, he's a mechanic and he works at a Toyota dealership. And so so I said to him, I was like, how many mechanics are on when you work? And he's like anywhere from like 11 to 15. I said, so the mom and the mom and pop shop over here, like every time I go in, I see one or two. I say, mm-hmm. so which one of these scenarios would you be more valuable working at? You know, like, and he kind of paused for, for a second. I was like, the place that has 15, you could quit right now and they won't miss a beat. All right. I said, but if you're over here with this, just one other mechanic, you are way more valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you were to just suddenly leave, it's going to hurt them. You mm-hmm. know, so so they're probably going to pay you more. They're probably going to treat you better. They're going to value you better. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes going smaller increases your increases your value. Like you said, your passion is teaching reading. Mm-hmm. So me as a parent, if I'm looking for a tutor and you see Jane of all trades, Jack of all trades, Jane of all trades, reading specialist, which one am I going to pick? Right. <laughs> right. So, so when people think of it that way, like your value is greater by zeroing in on reading. Not only that, you actually have someone to talk to, because let's say like, what's the difference between like reading and math? If we start getting into the language inside of the head that somebody who has a child struggling with reading and somebody who has a child struggling with math, there are differences, right? Yes. Somebody who is struggling with math, they might be saying things like, well, I'm just not math minded. Nobody ever says I'm not reading minded. Like that's not language that they use. Right. So if I'm a math tutor and I say, um, you know, do you feel like you're just not math minded? I can help you get over that and really understand math so that it doesn't feel like a foreign language to you anymore. Right. Because a lot of people be like, it's like another language. Right. (laughs) And so. I can have that kind of a marketing message. Whereas with, you know, if I I move over into the reading area, it's like, does your child feel like they're not as smart as the other kids because they read slower? It takes them more time. They make more mistakes. And now they feel like they're not as smart as the other kids. And maybe they're getting pulled out of class so that they can get extra support. And, you know, kids are kind of whispering behind their back because of that, you know, let's we can take care of this without the child having to be pulled out in a school setting so that they can gain increase their confidence become a better reader and gain their self-confidence again love that and i say i say a lot now mind you i've never i've never been been a teacher but i always tell people i've been alive 47 years and i observe things right so Mm -hmm. in my in my observations i see a, a huge issue is that we're trying to teach all the students the same Right, but, but not everybody receives the info the same. 
Right. You know, so like even in my gym set setting, there were there were people that I have to explain exactly everything we're doing and why. There are people that have to be much more empathetic when they're sh- when they're struggling. There's people that just want my foot in their back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like there's there's different styles, but it's the same way in the classroom. Oh well, by third grade, you should be doing this. It's like okay, but they're not, and so that yeah. doesn't make them stupid. <laughs> you know, right. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and, and I experienced this when I was in the school system, we had to give these kids what was called a dibbles assessment. And it would, it would take a look, it would put them like, if say you're in third grade, it would give you a third grade passage and then they would time it. So you time the passage at a third grade level, but we know the kids reading at a first grade level. What kind of data are you going to get that is useful for that child by giving them a third grade assessment and and then and then and then taking a look at the beginning of the year and the end of the year, yeah. is it possible if you don't close that gap from a first grade to a third grade reading level that they are going to increase their reading speed? Very unlikely. And so you're using the wrong data to be able to make the educational choices and decisions that you need. And I saw that immediately in the school system. I'm like, oh my gosh, it like drove me crazy. I'm like, you want to see if this kid is in- increasing his reading level? And he's reading at a first grade level, give him a first grade passage, make it fair. Like you're not even making it fair for him. And they looked at me, they're like, Joanne, you are crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Right. And, <laughs> and, and today I don't have to listen to those kinds of things. I can do what I know is right for my students and I can test them at the right level and find out where are you at? Where do you need to be? What do I need to fix? Where is the gap for you? What do I need to focus my instruction on? And I can completely personalize it in a way that is never able to be done in the classroom because they have to follow a grade level curriculum. See, and what you just said, right? You, you should, when you get the copy of this, just crop that part out and that should go right on your website. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like like the perfect sales pitch to a parent looking for a tutor. Right? <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Because yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's about the personalization. Like I was saying earlier, you see the jack of all trades, Jane of all trades, reading specialist or writing specialist, math specialist. Like one of my speaker coaches, he said he and his wife bought, bought a big TV. And they wanted to have it professionally mounted. And so he said he goes to the Yellow Pages. So that tells you how long ago this was. Right. So he goes to the Yellow Pages. And same thing. He's seeing like handyman, 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 TV specialist. And mm-hmm. so he goes to to the TV specialist. And so while the guy is there, you know, they're, they're conversing, they're vibing, and he's installing the TV. He looks down on the ground and he sees a box with surround sound speakers. And so he's like, oh, I do audio as well. And then so he upsold them and he installed the audio, you know, so it's all about positioning. So so let's just say you're passionate about reading and you're passionate about math. You know, it's like, but just when you market, market one, right. and then you might be able to upsell the other. Right. And guess what? I do also tutor some math. Exactly. <laughs> right. So my reading students, what they'll say, the parents, um, what they'll say is, do you know somebody who can help? my child with math as well. I'll say, well, I, I actually can do both. 
So I can, and I have a different assessment, obviously, that I give for the math. I use an Adam assessment to find out where are their levels. Now, there's grade levels that I enjoy working with more than mm -hmm. others. Like if they're like sixth grade or above with math, I'm probably not going to take them on. It's not yeah. my forte. Um, and so I have choices, right? I have choices if I want to take them on as a student or not take them on and refer them to another tutor. I love that I have been able to build a community of tutors that are willing to refer people that they feel would be the a better fit for different areas so that they're not taking on things that A, they don't love. They have to spend more time trying to figure out how to teach this concept or that concept. Like I really want them like getting in a, a lane and staying in it for the most part mm -hmm. so that it actually makes that easier for them to run their business. It's, you know, I feel like I can't, I can't believe I get paid to do what I do because it's so easy for me. Right. <laughs> but if I were to all of a sudden take on ACT prep and SAT prep and all of these other things, do you know how much more time it would take me to figure out okay, what, what am I going to use to be able to teach these different things? And, and maybe I forget something and I have to relearn it. And it just, now I'm spending all the wrong time in places that I shouldn't be spending it. I should yes. be like, it should be easy for me a hundred percent of the time. And I should be enjoying the clients that I have a hundred percent of the time, not just taking on business because it's going to help pay the bills. Yes. Agreed. And that's something that I also had to learn in the gym setting of just trying to work with everyone. It just doesn't work. I was doing men's programs, the women's programs. I had kids classes. Like I was just doing, trying to stuff every, every major fitness uh, niche out there, trying to stuff it all into one. Like if I just offer everything that, you know, that's what people think. And they, they also think too, if I just price it low, I'll get more people. And I was wrong on both fronts. So like I wasn't making enough money and I was overworking myself. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, once I scaled it down, started marketing to only moms. Now, do I train men? I do. I just don't market to them. Right. So usually it's, it's the moms who like they'll either have a friend or they'll, they'll bring in their significant other. But it's like, I just don't market to them. So people know there's a couple of women now that, that are due any day now. And they're like, I can't wait to get back in there because they, they know that's what we do. You know, it's like we help moms who capture themselves. Yeah. So it's not just a place to just come in and just lose, lose weight because I do a lot of a lot of personal development stuff and I do it through the fitness. Right. Like I was like I was saying earlier with the young woman doing doing the flip and keep putting her hands down. So like, you know, we turn that into a life lesson. And I was like, so because you don't believe in yourself. Right. You know, like it's not just about do the flip, do the flip. Do it. It's like, no, I want you to believe in yourself. And then once yes. you do that, the actions will follow. Yes. And so many times, like when, when it comes to tutors, when they start, like whether they like started as in the teaching world, right. And they go into tutoring, a lot of them price themselves too low because they don't believe in themselves. But here's the excuse that they use instead. The excuse they use instead is, oh, but people aren't going to want to pay that much. And they think that they're, on. they're pricing themselves too high and they're valuing themselves too low and they blame it on the parents. And, and they'll say, yeah, but I actually have people telling me that I'm charging too much. I'm like, there's another question that needs to be asked there. And that question is, if it wasn't for the price, is there anything else that's holding you back? Yeah. Or if it wasn't for the price, is this something that you would still want to move forward with? find out if there's another excuse that's hiding underneath that because if they are open with you about why they're not moving forward 
it will help you grow in your confidence of how much you charge and stay there. Because honestly, like the next student is going to be right around that corner. And so don't fear and take on that wrong client who A, is going to try to price cut you or any of those kinds of things. I I started tutoring at, at $40 an hour. And that's because I didn't have that faith. So I, I'm speaking from experience versus like the <laughs> the yeah. other way. Like I, my husband told me I needed to go get um, work for another tutoring company so I could learn the ins and outs of running a tutoring company. And um, I went and interviewed and they were going to pay me between 10 and $15 an hour. And they were going to charge the, the parent 50 and they were going to give me three clients so they'd be making 150. I'd only make 10 or $15 an hour. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm worth more than that. Yeah. So I, 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 I left that scenario and said, no, I'm not going to go that route. And then I started at 40 because I was like, okay, so it's a little bit lower than this other company. But, you know, if I can start there and I can begin to get some clients and I can know what I'm doing online with teaching these kids, then I can increase my prices. So I did. I, you know, when I got to that comfortable spot, I, I raised my prices. And every time I raise my prices, I always like almost feel sick to my stomach because there's like this leap that I have to make. Right? Yep. This mindset shift. So, I mean, now I'm charging $100 an hour for my tutoring services. I am making way more money than I ever made when I was in the school system. In fact, I'm making four times the amount that I was getting paid when I was a teacher in the school system. Yeah. When I That's left. Awesome. And, and so a lot of times we get fearful when it comes to like, well, do I leave my teaching job? Do I stay? You can start tutoring by uh, as a side hustle. And gaining that confidence in your pricing, your services, and all those kinds of things. And then when you feel like you have enough students, you can say goodbye to your your teaching job and 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 move forward and be, begin that path of being able to to earn more money. Yeah, or, or even the ones that just want to keep it as, as a side hustle. I mean, that's got to be a pretty a pretty solid second stream of income. You know, for, oh, yeah. for people that want that in that in classroom training. It's like you don't have to learn anything new. <laughs> it's, like, right. it's like you're doing the exact same thing, except you're just doing it via Zoom or or StreamYard yeah. or whatever. There is a little bit difference too be between like the teaching and the tutoring. And I think in the beginning for teachers, it's really hard to understand what that difference is. As a teacher in the classroom, you were the first teacher. As a tutor, um, I'm not the first teacher. So a lot of teachers think, oh, I need a curriculum in order to tutor a child. What curriculum should I use? And, and they come from that mindset because that's where they're coming from. But when you tutor, what you need to do is find out like where are the gaps for them? And how can I close those gaps so that can experience success in the classroom with their classroom teacher? And so it's it's a it's a very different point. And like having a good assessment in the beginning is is really really helpful because that's going to help you then determine what is it that I need to teach these kids. But it's it's teaching based off of what you notice versus here's the first time you're ever being instructed on this. And I need to give you all of the information in this sequential manner so that you can understand it and try to retain it. And then for me, I'm more like a diagnostician. I'm, I'm going on in kind of like a doctor, right? And being like, okay, here are all the pieces that are missing. But if we add these back on in and you can become strong with this, you're going to have more success. Yes, yeah, the, the same way in, in fitness. Like I had to sit down with people and we've got to go over the, where are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, where do you want to go? And then now I can map out the steps to get you there. Right. But, 
but I want to get back to, to the pricing for a second. Let's let's do, let's do an exercise, all right? So, all right, Joanne, I'm going to hand you a 2022 fully loaded BMW, and I'm only going to charge you a thousand dollars. What do you say? Hmm. You automatically think there's something wrong with that. that Bingo. That's where I was going with that. See, and and that's the thing with pricing too too low. When I first started in fitness, again, I had that. Well, if I just price it low, they'll come to me. And so I went to my first fitness seminar and they were talking about pricing and pricing yourself too, too low. I st started hearing what other people were charging in th their gyms. And like, I'm sitting there, like my eyes are, are getting watery. I'm trying to not cry. It's like, no, 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 no. And so I was like, all right, you know what? Before I left, I'm in the pool. I met someone and she, she was charging like almost triple what I was charging. And she's like, raise your prices. She's like, before you land back in Rhode Island, She's like, raise, raise your prices. And so I said that I had to, had to get, get the gumption. I'm back in the gym. Now we finished class. I stand up on the plyo boxes and I made the announcement that the prices were, were, were going up and everyone was like, it's about damn time. <laughs> it's like, they, they all, they all knew it. They're like, we've been to other gyms and we've paid this, but if you're going to do what you do for that, we'll take it. <laughs> Right, right, right. Like they weren't, and they weren't even choosing you based off the off the price. It had nothing. It had nothing to do with it. And we yes. think it has everything to do with it. When yep. we go into business for ourselves, we think price is everything. We put way too mm -hmm. much credence on into that thought. Now, I'm not obviously. We don't want to charge a price that we don't think that we are worth. Like if you yeah. are, you know, you're coming out of high school and you want to do some tutoring, and you're like, I'm going to start charging a hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. I mean. There has to be some kind of yeah, it's going to match your experience. Exactly, there has to be a match there. Like, what kind of result can you get for the people that you're serving? Now, you could come out of high school, and for some reason, you are just gifted at being able to help other kids in this one area, and you get results. Like, let's yes. say you took the SAT, you got the best score that you can possibly get, and you're able to guide people into increasing their SAT scores by 200, 300, 400 points. I say go for it. Like you, you go at that charging that one fifty, two hundred dollars an hour for your services, right? Yeah. But that usually isn't the case, right? And so if you don't have those kinds of results, because that's what people are paying for, they're yes. paying for the results that they want to get. And if you can't get those results for them, then you really need to think about what can you do to increase your knowledge to be able to get better results. Yes. Yeah, a lot of it too. It's it's presentation, you know. Like if if people are rejecting you based on price, like some some sometimes you got to go back. Like, did I miss something in my presentation? Like, mm -hmm. was I strong enough? Because like I tell people, you know, they always say to be humble. You know, there's a time and a place to be humble. You know, mm -hmm. sales sales meeting isn't one of them, in my right. opinion. It's it's just not like if, if you know you don't want to you know go yeah you know maybe I can help your kid read better. Right. Nobody wants nobody wants to hear that. Like, if, right. someone, they if will definitely say yes. uh, because of price, because of that. Right. And so then you think, oh, it's, I'm just charging too much money. Yeah. They told me so. No, there was they were your confidence was the reason why they didn't want to move forward with you because you didn't mm -hmm. make it seem like you could get the result that it was that they want their child to get. And you don't exactly. even know you might not even know what result they want to get because you didn't take the time to listen. And it yep. all comes down to just asking them. So like, I just asked my clients, what is it that you would like to see your child be able to do? Yes. What are they, what are they not doing right now that you would love to be able to see them do? Right. And, and a lot of my parents tell me, I want my child to be able to read chapter books. Mm -hmm. So then I can use in that sales presentation, I can say, 
my goal is to be able to take your child from this kindergarten reading level they're at now to reading chapter books so that they can feel amazing every time they open up the book and the other kids are watching them and they're actually reading it. They're not just looking at those words and then flipping the pages. They're actually reading the words on those pages and understanding what they're reading. So are you ready to get started? Exactly. Okay. Yes. And then we go through the next steps. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the process for, for literally any, any business. Everything. Like, that's the process. Mm -hmm. If um, I train high, high jumpers, cause uh, I go to track meets and I just watch the high jump and there were just so many people that just don't know how to coach it. So I interact with the athletes and then I find out who the parents are. Cause like when they go and jump, I, I look at the stands to see who's clapping. You know, and then I'll go into the, well, this one indoor, obviously, I'll, I'll go into the stands. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm Coach Rob. I said, you know, I'm watching so, so and so. And, and still, I still tend to work with girls because, again, girls are just, they just dial in more. You know what I mean? <laughs> Where the boys, the boys are so thick headed. But so I'm like, you know, I was observing your daughter. Like, you know, she got a strong, strong approach. I said, she needs help with her liftoff. I was like, now I, I was an all American high jumper. I said, I can see things that the average coach can't. It was like, so if you're interested, like come down to the gym, give her an assessment. We can go over everything, you know, and we can get her to become a champion. And then right there, they're like, bing, champion. You know, it's like champion, possible college scholarship, all from jumping over a bar. <laughs> it's, right. like we, it's like, we can make that happen. Right. So, you know, it's like you can invest X amount now and not have to pay a hundred grand for school. Right. <laughs> like think about that. Right. I mean, yeah, it does come down to like the investment. Same thing with, you know, it, it's very similar in, in the route that we're in, right? The obviously yeah. the better that you do in school, the more opportunities you're afforded, getting into that dream college that you want to be able to get into, all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's it's all based off of, you know, the steps that you take today. And so many parents are so willing to put their money into tutoring. And I think that that's something that um as a teacher, we come from a, um, I know that not all of us do, but I know a large majority of, the, majority of us have a um, poor money mindset, right? Because, I mean, I grew up in poverty and grew up with this mindset, but teaching in general, because it is a lower paid income that you get paid, a lot of us are coming in with this poor money mindset. And so that's one of the first things that when you start to run your own business, you need to overcome is that that money mindset, because we limit by our own thinking how much money we really can bring in. And we start judging other people and being like, is her tutoring worth $100 an hour? Is her tutoring worth $200 an hour? People would be way better off moving forward with me than somebody like her, right? And that that those kinds of comments are based off of that poor money mindset, right? Yes. And and not really valuing what they can do to the level that they can do it. Yeah, true. Like any speaking event that I attend, like it's my it's my goal. It's just how I'm wired. Like I said, I'm an athlete. I'm competitive, and it's just my goal to outshine everybody else. <laughs> it, just, it just is what it is, and so I, I make sure I bring the high energy and you know just bring it all. But there's definitely a clear difference. And but when you make that when you make that distinction, like there's levels to this, and mm -hmm. then you can you can command more. And mm -hmm. as and as you should, it's like as people tend to think it's greedy. It's like, it's not greedy. It's like, this is what I'm worth. It's like, right. why, why are you okay working in a job 
where somebody else decides what your job is worth. You know, when you get to decide, you know what, what I'm going to bring to this crowd or what I'm going to bring to my clients, like, you can't just find that. And there's people who left me years ago and they're like, Rob, I still haven't found anything like what you do up there. Hmm. You know, and that's that mark you want to leave on people. It is. It absolutely, it absolutely is. And the school system, I had to fight for my raises. And when I became a a reading specialist in the school system, they said that I no longer um, was under like the the teacher rules that I automatically like got a raise if I reached these goals and these standards. They said, sorry, like you're, you no longer get raises. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like I just went and got my master's and now like I was the reading curriculum coordinator. I'm now a reading specialist in the reading curriculum coordinator position. And you're not going to value that at all. Like that doesn't seem right. I'm like, and I was like, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm sorry. Like I love being able to work here, but I can't, that is not acceptable. And I started, um, I started looking for other jobs because I was like, that that doesn't fit with me. And then before I was able to really put all of that into place, they said, you know, we've really thought about this. And, you know, you did put a lot of work and effort into getting your master's. And it does that adds value to what you're able to do for the teachers here at the school. We are going to give you a raise, but don't tell anybody else that we had this conversation. Love it. See, part of it, too, is going back to what to what you said when you were describing yourself that you can tell that you care. Mm-hmm. You know, like cause that that's something that can't be taught. Like there's there's trainers out there that they're good trainers, but you can see that the passion isn't there. Yeah. Like you can see and that and that matters. Like one thing, yeah, my clients will tell me that you know Rob is brash. It's like if you ask him questions, he's gonna he's gonna hit you right right between the eyes. So be prepared for that. But they'll also say that no one will care for them more than me. With the exception mm. of their significant others and their kids. Other than that, it's like I like I am their biggest cheerleader, even though I'm hard on them. And like sometimes in class, like I'll be smirking, you know, while they're all sweating and dying. And they think that they're like, you really get a kick out of this. I'm like, that's not why I'm smirking. It's like because I'm putting you guys through hell and you guys are rising to the challenge. Mm, it's I like love that's that. what it's like that's what that's what brings in the joy. Yes. You know, it's, it's like you guys are rising to the challenge. I'm sure in tu- tutoring, you get that same thing, watching the kids excel. I do. And, you know, when you use that example, it reminded me <clears throat> of the people that go through the the Jumpstart Your Online Tutoring Business Masterclass that I have, where I, I show them exactly step by step exactly what they need to do. And I have account, they have accountability partners and they have to track the activities that they're doing. And when I see them get that first client, I am there to just, we call it a boom cha. So we actually like take our fists, we, we punch the, uh, the screen, not actually touching the screen. Yeah. And then we wiggle our fingers back and we say, <laughs> boom cha, because we're so excited. We celebrate with them because that is why they come and join so they can learn how to be able to get clients the right way and be able to work with the people that they have the most joy working with all the time. And when they start achieving that, I just had somebody who reached out to me today who was in one of my jumpstart classes from like two rounds ago and he goes I just want to say thank you thank you so much for what it is that you do he goes because they were going to make him get the vaccine in order to um, get the job like to, to keep his job 
Yeah. And he said, no, I am not getting a vaccine. Like I, I completely disagree that teachers should get the vaccine. And he left his teaching job and he joined the jumpstart class and he learned how to get his own clients and he's making more money now working less hours and not being forced to have to get that vaccine. That's awesome. Love it. Yeah. It's all about the choices, man. So what, just walk me through your beginning steps of how you started it. Cause I, cause I think that's what, um, that's what, I, I mean, obviously you have your program that irons it out, but I want to know how did you start yours? Yeah. Yeah, great question. So I, I actually failed at those five businesses beforehand, right? Yes. And um, I love failure because failure is if you look at it the right way and you use it the right way, it can actually be your biggest asset. So yep. I started a network marketing company and this is where I started getting my clarity of what is it that I want to do. And I was learning all these different strategies with this network marketing company of how to network online and network, like get clients offline and all these kinds of things. But every time I had to have a conversation with somebody, I had this sick feeling in my stomach. Like it didn't sit with me right. I didn't enjoy it. And I tried learning everything that I could possibly learn because that's just the kind of person I am. I'm very studious and I put things into action. I'm, I'm not somebody who thinks about something and, and I'm not a perfectionist. I don't have any of those kinds of things holding me back, but I just wasn't enjoying it and I wasn't making any sales at all. So no income coming on it. So then I decided to go into, you know, selling Usborne books because I love these books. They're fantastic books. They're, they're well done. But when I ran out of friends, I ran out of sales. And so like I tried all these different businesses, but I learned something from every single one of those that when I all of a sudden woke up one day after a year of trying, um, I came up with this idea of, you know what? I bet I could teach kids reading online. I bet. And at that time, only Skype. I didn't know about Zoom at that point in time. I don't even know if it existed. This was back in 2010. Um, Skype existed. It was really big. I was like, I wonder if I could share my screen and the kids would actually be able to read the words on it. Like, would it be blurry or would it be clear? And so I, I started running tests on two different computers to see what that experience would be like. And I was like, I think I can make this work. And so then I started taking like all of my resources, tools, materials, everything. And I started digitizing them because I had no idea how I would be able to teach. Didn't even dawn on me that there are already resources and tools online that I could be using. <laughs> I was a ton of time on the wrong actions and creating these PowerPoint books because I wanted to take all these amazing books that I had on my shelf and be able to use them. And um, somebody asked me one day, I was just sharing about my business and they said, wow, this sounds so awesome, Joanne. So how are you actually marketing your, your business? And my jaw dropped. I was like, uh, <laughs> nothing. It was like I was spending all this time preparing to get ready, right? I didn't really realize that it was my students that were going to determine the resources and tools I was going to use versus me like trying to recreate what I had done in the past. And so I had to step into this whole new world. And I thought, you know what, this is it. I'm going to start. I'm just going to start. And so I went on out there. I actually got bandit signs that you like put on the side of the road. Yeah. And I started, you know, it was like, child struggling with reading, I can help. And I like put them on up nice, bright yellow. Cause in Wisconsin, we have lots of snow here. So yeah. I figured yellow would really pop few, very few words and my phone number and would put them on up. I, I feared every single time I put one up that somebody would see me that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think that too. <laughs> and so like, I would put them on up. Like I, I had to work myself up to like putting them out. So I was like, okay, every, like I want to take five actions a day. If I get five signs out, 
that's five actions. Like that's how scary it was for me. And, yeah. and then I put some flyers out and I ended up getting a decal on the back of my car. That was scary too. Uh, that, that said what I did and, and how to contact me and all of that kind of stuff. And then I started, you know, beefing up my online presence and I started connecting with other teachers that already had students in their class. And I did these, um, author Skype visits and, mm-hmm. um, and, and started going on into the classrooms that way, just just doing like these author talks and um, teaching some reading strategies, but they got to like meet a guest from a different state. And so it was like interviewing and these kinds of things. And I was able to post some of these videos online and I was able to say, you know, that I, I worked with this classroom in, let's say, California, right? Even though I'm in Wisconsin and I was able to use like SEO keywords to be able to um, get clients in California. I even did um, a class in Australia and then I was able to get some students from Australia. And so I was able to all of a sudden now like open up my world to like, I can't just always get all of my students in my area because they may ask for in-person tutoring, which I now am really good at convincing them that I online is going to be better for them anyways. But all those different opportunities, I, I began just like really immersing myself in everything that I could learn, probably too much because I overwhelmed myself by all the stuff that I was doing. And I would like almost like shut off at the end of the night, I'm like, okay, it's okay. I would give myself permission. It's okay. Shut off. You're overwhelmed. It's okay. Come back to it tomorrow. And so the next day I would come back and like everything that was difficult for me, all of a sudden just worked. And I was like, okay, well, that's the power of like stepping away when you start to feel overwhelmed, but then telling yourself when you get overwhelmed, when am I going to get back to it? Like, because overwhelm can shut off and power off that ability to keep moving. And so I really understood pretty quickly that that ability to to stay forward and, and stick with it. I remember one time I got so frustrated. I was like, kind of like banging my head, just like, oh, I can't figure this out. And I'm like, you know what? If I figure out how to do this thing and I get myself book solid, I'm going to teach other people how to do it so they can skip this part. And while they don't get to necessarily skip, they do get to skip some of the mistakes that I made in the process because I did make a lot of mistakes. And I learned from a lot of those things that didn't work. And I was able to figure out the things that do work in order to be able to get those those students and um, and and. And, and how to teach online at the same time, because it wasn't just like I was just starting a new business. I, there were two things I was learning. How do I do it online? And how do I start my business? Right. And, and once I started realizing the ins and outs of, okay, this works here, this works here, you know, this is different from teaching. I'm not going to do it this way. I have to do it this way. Um, all of that. And um, two years in, uh, I finally had my book solid online tutoring business. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. I am now finally ready to start helping other people through this journey while I still continue to work with my students. Love that. See, and it's it's not always going to look the way you think, just like you talked about the other five, five uh, jobs, not jobs, five businesses that, mm-hmm. that you tried that didn't work is I've done a couple, couple episodes on here about failure, how failure is not, it's not real. You know, it's like either stuff works or you learn from it. Right. So it's like I've tried multiple things too. It's like, all right, that that doesn't work next. All right, that doesn't work next. And it's like I just don't see it as failure because everything you do, you learn some from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's so, problem so it's solution. Not, That's it. It's yeah, problem solution. Like it's not all bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not all bad at all. But seeing it through, by the time you're done, it might look completely different. Like when I first started speaking, you know, I was speaking on health and fitness and and it's, it's important, 
but it's like there's deeper things out there. You know, there, there, there just are. And so I ended up slipping into the trauma lane. Like I've had some of my own stuff that I've been through, but watching the tail end of my dad's life, you know, he was a Vietnam vet. And I remember brought him to the VA for a meeting and he was trying to get uh, benefits for PTSD. And you had to talk about what you went through. And so I remember as a teen, I had to do a report on Vietnam. I was like, who better to talk to than the dude that's been there, right? Yeah. He shut me right down. He wanted nothing to do with it. And so just that day, he didn't really want to share either. He's like, "Uh, I'll come back in a couple of days. I was like, dad, like, we're, we're, we're here now. You know, like, take the time you need, gather your thoughts, and just do what you got to do. And he put his head down. Now, my dad, he was he was a Marine. He was, like, your typical manly man. And, like, he didn't, like, he never said the words, I love you, but he was always present. It's like, he he showed his love. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. say it. Like, he was just never outwardly emotional. But, like, he put his head down. I could see tears starting to hit the table. And then he just started talking. Mm-hmm. Granted. Granted, he said some things I would have been okay never hearing, right? Right. But, but in that moment, I was I was like, he carried that his entire life. Yeah. Just carrying the weight of that moment. And so I was like, I want to kind of shift gears and help people talk about some traumas that they might be suppressing in their yeah. life. You know, so it's like, I'm still speaking. I'm still helping people. We just took a little detour. Yeah, something that just is just really is way bigger than just speaking. Yeah. And so funny that you say that my dad went through the exact same thing. He had PTSD Mm. from from the war. Okay. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, and just how many people are just living their lives, but they still have that weight of whatever it is that that happened to them, whether it was a soul, whether it was losing someone. You know, I worked with someone who who watched someone else commit suicide. Like, there's just so many things that people are dealing with. Yeah. And, and I just helped them bring those stories to life to where they can tell it in an inspirational way. Yeah. Well, and and I and I and I love that you do that because that's such important work. I remember uh, my dad passed away, and I remember whenever I would talk about it because I, I wanted to, I wanted to not push it down. Whenever I would talk about it, I would cry. And I remember at one point saying, when I can talk about it without crying, mm. then I know I've been healed. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. Like, and today it doesn't even bother me to talk about um, my dad and, and how he died. He, he committed suicide. And uh, I, I don't have those tears that come to the, to the eyes anymore. I can, yeah. I can appreciate exactly where he was at and what he was going through and, you know, how hard his life was. And before it was all about me and what he did to me. And now I can see it from his perspective on where he was at and how it was the right time for him. Um, even though he may have shaved a few years off of his life, it was time for him to go. And it was not time for me to go. And yes. yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing the healing, we all are carrying stuff. And, and those are things we bring into our business without even knowing that we're bringing them into our business. Yeah. And we have to overcome them so that we can be of service in a way that we were meant to be of service. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like it says above us, your true power lies in your story because understanding who you are at your core, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to make you the the success that you want to be. 
is being your authentic self. Like I, I say on this show all, all the time, you know, I was told, oh, you're never going to make it in speaking if you keep showing up in a tank top. And here I am, 200 and what is this, 223 episodes later, and I've spoken virtually all over the world. Yes. <laughs> you know, with, with this tank top. So it's like, yeah. you know, it's about stepping into who you are. Like I said, I'm an athlete. I'm dressed as an athlete. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like a, if I start dress, dressing up in a suit and tie, like, now I'm not being me. You know, like right. what, what I do in everyday life does not require a suit. So right. like I'm not gonna show up on your podcast or, or on your stage wearing a suit. It's like this right. is me. And and I have yet to step off of a stage or a virtual stage and have people been like, you know, I wish you were better dressed. Has never happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's so interesting. Like I do, I have a YouTube channel and it is amazing sometimes the comments that I get from people that you don't realize that they see, which it's like, that's what you focused on. Yeah, for real. Exactly. Um, The people that like, that that you were meant to work with, they don't see those things. Like they see you for who you are and what it is that you do. And they understand your heart and they understand your compassion. And, you know, you could show up wearing anything and that wouldn't, you know, detract them. I knew for a long time, like a, a lot of my videos, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing these headsets inside of the videos and I would have people like message me and be like, why do you have to wear those big honking headsets? And I thought <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching kids all day long. Like I need the comfort on yeah. my ears so that I can hear. And I'm working with kids and reading. So I need to hear the sounds correctly, you yeah. know, lit and let sound very when you're just listening from your like from just your computer audio they can sound very similar but they make all the difference in knowing the like are they pronouncing that correctly because if they're not pronouncing it correctly and they're saying the wrong word it makes a big difference and so like my community understood that but other people watching the videos didn't always understand those kinds of things so I always felt like I had to like bring like tell them like why I wore this headset and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's crazy some of the things that they notice. Well they're like, why do your eyebrows look the way they look? Or like people and 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 I think here's the thing I always tell people when when you start getting on out there, when you start having people actually making those kinds of comments and critiques, instead of getting upset, jump for joy because you're getting found. Yes, exactly. Because people are finding you. Maybe the, the right people and the wrong people are going to find you, okay? And the right people, they're going to go with you no matter what. And the wrong people, they can say whatever they want, but they wouldn't have gone forward with you anyways. Yeah. So it's okay. They can say what they want. So just remember that when you you are impacting both people, they're finding you. It's okay. It's okay. It's not It's not about you. It's wherever they're at in their specific space. And, yeah. and it has nothing to do with you. It's bumping the algorithm, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is you know yeah. um because like every now and then i'll post i'll post questions it's like i don't take stands and like you brought up the vax earlier like i saw i saw a meme of a nurse holding a sign saying you know last year we worked through and we were heroes you know this year we're going to get fired if we don't take it and i just like what are your thoughts on this like i said i didn't take a stance either way you know and, and of course the thread the thread blew up and um, some somebody else uh, inboxed me like, why did you post that? I was like, all about the algorithm. <laughs> I said, so so when I post my fitness stuff next, it's gonna reach more more people, mm-hmm. you know, because like because you know that's how it's all about engagement, right? Like so every now and then you gotta throw something out there that'll get a lot, lot of traction, 
and then that will help with with, uh, with your marketing when you put the next thing out your youtube or whatever platform you're using it's going to show it to more people right right don't, don't, don't just say any publicity is good publicity. It is. It really <laughs> is. It really is. And so whether people are talking negatively or positively about you, you know, you've got to sweep it aside and know that whatever people are saying, you know, the, especially the negative stuff, like we always have to like take, I tell people to take stock because, you know, they could hear one negative comment, but they've heard like 50 positive comments, but the one negative one will stick with them, right? But, yes. but this person, but, and, and they always, I love, they make it bigger than it is. They always say, but people say, and I always get mm -hmm. down to it. I'm like, tell me how many people said. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, five people said. I go, okay, so five people said this, but how many other people have said positive things? Mm -hmm. I don't know, probably a hundred. Okay, so which are you going to give more power to? Sad. What people are really saying here or just a few outliers over here whose opinions really don't matter. Like, and, and maybe their opinions do matter. Maybe they're saying something that is actually something that you can improve on. It's not necessarily like a dig at you. Right. Yeah. And then you, you, you can use that to kind of determine, is this something that I can improve on, should improve on, or is this something I should ignore? Yeah. It's like people, <laughs> like I said, my style is, is very, is very straightforward. You know, so it's like if we sit down, we get through through the consultation. I let people know up front that my job is to get you to your goal. I said, and I it, it's not like I, I default right right to being brash. You know, it's like I try to be diplomatic at first, and we'll see how, how you respond. If you need a little more, I give you a little more. We'll see how you respond. If I gotta smash you with a frying pan, I smash you with a frying pan. <laughs> it's like, but I do what I gotta do to get your result, and that doesn't work for everyone and mm -hmm. that's okay you know mm -hmm. so when people come in that's why i make sure i tell them up front this is my style this is what i expect from you mm -hmm. you know because people think that they they come to a trainer and that's just it you say oh i have a trainer you know weight weight's gonna fall off and muscles <laughs> are gonna build and i'm gonna be able to run at lightning speed like um no <laughs> there's a part here where you have to work like, right i simply give the blueprint <laughs> i was right. like you actually have to do the work you know, so, but so in talking with, with teachers who may, may want to transition into tutoring, there's going to be some work that yes. they have to do, you know, so just, just, um, describe a li little bit of it here in our last couple, couple minutes. Like what, like what will it take for someone to get, let's just say 10 tutoring clients. And I know, I know there's not one answer. It depends on the person and availability area, all that good stuff, but just ballpark. Well, yeah, and, and I think it, it, it is going to be different for, for absolutely everybody because, I mean, I have people that go through the Jumpstart class and in 10 weeks they get those 10 students and I have people that get 20 students in that time frame and I have some people that get, you know, one or two students. And so it really comes down to where, uh, you know, being patient with yourself and where you're at in the process because some people they already have like some some background in marketing or they have, you know, people that they can really tap on into that can connect them. And I just teach them how to connect with those people, like reconnect with those people. Um, because as a teacher, you already have a lot of connections. So I, yes. I teach you how to tap into those connections and and reach out to those people in a way that is not self self just all about me right but it's about like catching up and really building those relationships because 
I find as like humans, we are like relationship deficit. We have, you know, maybe a thousand Facebook friends, but then we really only have two or three really close friends, (laughs) right? And so we really need to like reach on out and build those relationships again and, and, and do those kinds. So I show them how to do those kinds of things. But then um, it's amazing how when you start giving ideas to people on all the different ways that they can be able to get students you've got two types of people. You've got the person who will like, I've got this free list of 50 plus ways to get online tutoring students. You have the people who look at the list and they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Maybe I'll try that. Okay. That might work. Nope. Not going to do that. So they go through like the list and instead of being like every single one of these ways is a valid way to get students. And instead of saying, I'm going to try that and then I'm going to try this and now I'm going to try this instead of going about it that way. Right. So the person that says, Joanne says that this is a way that I can get tutoring students here, 50 ways that work. I'm going to try every single one of those ways and see how many are guaranteed to get 10 students with a very short amount of time. Yes. And those people that come into the mindset of, I don't feel like doing that or that or mm-hmm. that, they are the ones that end up struggling. Like like you said, like we can give them the roadmap, but if you don't follow the roadmap, you're not taking action towards that roadmap, uh, it's going to be harder for you. And so we start off with saying, hey, look, you've got um, five actions a day, five income producing actions a day. Working on your website is great. It's not going to get a student today. Right. So what are those actions that you need to take so you can get a student today? People that take me seriously get lots of students. Nice. And it's about taking taking the imperfect action. You know, it's like that's that's something that we all we all have to have to struggle with because it's thinking like like you were saying, working on like the, like the web the website's not even done yet. Like, how can I work with students? It's like the website doesn't have to be done. You know, like. When I started this podcast, like I didn't have the fancy lights, I didn't have, I didn't have the green screen, I didn't have the camera. Like I keep my mic off camera because it is very strong, so I keep it, I keep it off to the side. <laughs> so uh, it also, it'll seem like I'm screaming at people, but it's like I just, I just started. I didn't have a, a real focus. I was kind of just talking about health and fitness stuff, and I didn't know how I was gonna get guests. And like as you know, I met you months ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Months ago. I'm actually on tomorrow's summit too, the uh, publicity summit. But it's like, yeah, I'm already booking into summer three days a week. And when I first started, I was just doing one. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, just get started. Yes. And then just watch it unfold. Right. Take right action. You know, and, and this is the thing, like if you focus on taking right action and you're being led by people who know what it is that you need to do, like, I could have I could have sped up my tutoring business. I, I could have I could have had a book solid tutoring business a lot sooner and been making five, six thousand dollars a month and all that money was was never made because I didn't have a coach who could guide me in this online tutoring world. But that's because in 2010, there weren't a lot of us out there, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I I can't beat myself up about that. Like, I can't sit there and be like, oh, I should have gotten a coach. But everybody who joins our Jumpstart class is always like, when I say, like, what is the one thing you wish you did that you didn't do? And they said, I wish I would have joined this class sooner. I wish I would have, like, started it, like, day one. Like, I know I want to start tutoring. 
I joined that class because you guide us step-by-step through exactly how to do it, what to do, what to avoid so that we can get the results faster. So true. When I first got my, my fitness coach, it's like, talk about going from zero, not really zero, but I was probably doing about 40, 50 grand in revenue to, to six figures within weeks. Just mm-hmm. from, you know, you got to do this. You got to advertise here. You, you got to do this. You need this type of follow-up system. And I was just like, this is all simple stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're working a job, like just like like, like a normal middle-class job, you know, making six figures seems like it's so, it's so hard to do. Uh-huh. And when we opened the gym, you know, the goal was to make a hundred grand for the year. And we made it by May. Wow. <laughs> you know, by May, it's like, whoa, you know, like I had, like, I had no idea it was that easy with just right. the right, with the right focus. Yes. And, and, and this is the, this is a dream now that is actually possible for teachers. Like a lot of teachers in order to hit that six figure, they have to move into administration, become a principal and take on all that drama or become the superintendent. Right. And now, wait a minute, you're telling me. So a lot of us as teachers, we, we think lowly a little bit of tutors, like, oh, you're just a tutor. Hey, Mm -hmm. guess what? Us tutors are making six figures. Yeah. (laughs) so (laughs) if if you're in that mindset of oh but you know i have to go from like my career as a you know fifth grade teacher to a tutor get rid of that mindset because tutors are making way more money than classroom teachers wow all right give us some final words and we'll bring it down and let people know where they can where they can get in touch with you yeah, absolutely. So if if you're interested in taking that next step and being able to learn how do I even get students, you can go to onlinetutorcoach.com slash 50, and you will end up getting 50 plus ways to get online tutoring students. And if you're somebody who is interested in, you know, you're like, I would love to read a great book on how to go about doing this. I have created this book here. It's called How to Start an Online Tutoring Business, um, making four to five figures a month. And you can just go to onlinetutorcoach.com slash book and be able to, um, I'll give you access on how you can get access to that book. Awesome. I'm it up on the screen. Okay. Online tutor coach, just the way it sounds. This is for yep. people wa- watching on the audio slash book. Yeah, this gets uploaded to like, I don't know, 15 different sites, I want to say, once once we're done here. But yeah, that was great. Like I said, I'm going to make sure I get I get my teachers on this, you know, the ones that may want to make that next step. I know I know one of the women, she's uh, she's retiring this year. Mm. And she's like, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I told her this episode's co- coming up. I was like, because... And I've mentioned to them years ago before I even had in a, uh, a, a online tutor on because you you're not the first. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, like I told them, I was like, you know, I've I've had a couple couple teachers on that are killing it in the tutoring space yep. now. So hopefully they they tune in and you know take you up on your resources and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that's a beautiful thing when teachers who love to teach. It's almost like retirement, yeah, can sound like a beautiful dream. But then when you go into retirement and you're sitting there, like your whole life has been committed to working with kids, it almost feels like there's a piece of you that's missing because you love it so much. And a lot of tutors, teachers will go into tutoring at that point in time because they just want to have that interaction with the kids again and be able to help them because it it gives us life. It's like athletes, like how many athletes still end up 
you know, commentating or, or they're coaching or they're just something to get back in that environment. Yeah. I mean, just like, like myself, like I said, at 47, I still compete. God, I played in two different volleyball leagues on Wednesday night. I got a softball league coming up. I still run track and field. I compete in obstacle races. It's, I like, I, I couldn't stop if I wanted to. And I've had seven surgeries. And, oh then, my and, God. and everyone's like, come on, Rob, enough is enough. So, uh-uh. They're like, what are you going to do if you need your knees replaced? I said, I'll be in a wheelchair Olympics. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, that's just how I'm wired. So That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Paralympics, here we come. <laughs> yep. All right. So I'm going to connect you with some of my podcast friends so you can uh, continue spreading the word. And if you want to be on my next panel, like it's, uh, it's short notice. It's on April 16th. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I do them on Saturdays. They're from 11 till about 12.15. So this is what uh, what the graphic looks like. All right, so I bring on five five other guests plus myself. We, we pick a topic, and we just take turns covering the topic. I would love that. That would be awesome. Good. Awesome. I'm going to down 4.16. All right, good, because I'm going to be selecting the other the other five people today. And then so as long as they all agree... Then I'll pick a topic that everyone is comfortable speaking on. Sure. Then we'll get it going. Awesome. I love it. Thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. And thank you for joining. So much appreciated. And I know I got a lot out of this. I'm sure the uh, audience is going to get a lot out of this. So Mm. again, just thank you. Yeah, no problem. You enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.